Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Friday morning, the 12th of March. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. The Minister for Justice is to take six months maternity leave. Helen McEntee will continue to be a member of government, but the Minister will not have a portfolio when she steps back from justice on the 30th of April before returning on the 31st of October. Until McEntee's return, Heather Humphreys will be the Minister for Justice supported by two junior ministers, Hildegard Nocton and James Brown. On the 1st of November, Helen McEntee will return as Minister for Justice. Good morning, Minister. Well, good morning, Michael, and, and look, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to say this. Yesterday, the Taoiseach confirmed that I would be taking six months maternity leave. Um, firstly, I'm, I'm really pleased to be able to do that. Um, really pleased to be able to take that time and to spend it with my new baby and, and with my husband. But at the same time, what's been really important to me is that my work, uh, my work as Minister for Justice and indeed in the constituency in no way suffers. Um, and so we've had to come to an arrangement, so to speak, but one that has been put in place on a temporary basis, um, one which I really hope will lead into a more permanent structure for, for politicians and in particular for female politicians. We don't have official maternity leave. We don't have a mechanism in place to allow for women to take maternity leave in politics. And I genuinely believe that the 22.5% female participation that we have in the Dáil currently, that it is in some way impacted by the fact or, you know, we have less women coming forward because they don't see it possible to have a young family or to be able to have children and to work in politics at the same time. So You're taking your place in the history books, Minister. Well, you know, I, I said this yesterday and I do genuinely believe it. You can't be what you can't see. And if young girls or other women can't see a way forward in political life, be it, you know, as a councillor, as a TD, as a senator and, and, and as a minister, obviously, as well, if they can't see a way forward to be in that position and also have a family, they're not necessarily going to put themselves forward. Mm. So I really hope that by myself taking maternity leave, it will show young women and indeed young men, because, you know, I work with plenty of men 
who have young families as well, who probably haven't taken the time off that they would like to, that this is an option for them and this is a, a career that they can pursue but also have a young family as well. Indeed, uh, and uh, I'm sure that that will be the case uh, where it will be commonplace for politicians, uh, for members of the Oireachtas, uh, for members of the Cabinet, perhaps even a Taoiseach to take maternity leave at some point in time. But when we look back on this in decades or centuries from now, history will record and history students will learn that it began with Helen McEntee, well, look, it, it has to start somewhere. And, you know, I'm not the first woman in politics to have a baby and, and I certainly won't be the last. But I think what's been frustrating for me to see going through this journey is that I've had many colleagues in the last few years who have had babies and who have had children while in office and they've taken very little time because they felt that they had no other options. So most importantly for me, following on from this, there's going to be um, work done by the Citizens' Assembly on gender equality. That assembly is currently working and, and meeting at the moment, but they are now going to look at how do we put a more permanent structure in place? How do we make sure that future women, but also looking at the, the issue of parental leave as well, or paternity leave, how do we make sure that for our councillors working at a local level, because we've heard many stories in the last few weeks of councillors saying that they left because of this issue or, you know, they found it difficult when they were uh, going through the, the, this period in their life, that it's made available to them. Um, and there's a very clear commitment from government that based on those recommendations, we will act. You know, I think 100 years ago when the constitution was being set out, when our government was being formed, unfortunately, there wasn't a thought at the time, even though we had Countess Markovic, who was our first uh, government minister, Minister for Labour in 1919, there wasn't a thought that perhaps you might have somebody around the table who needed to take maternity leave. And, you know, who knows in the future, you mm. might have more than one person in that situation. You might have a Taoiseach in that situation. Um, but nothing really has ever been done in those years. So I'm really pleased that this is going to hopefully bring about change. And, you know, going back to my original point, we'll encourage more people into politics. I was at an event the other evening um, from my own party where a book was launched specifically looking at the women in Fine Gael, but one of my colleagues, Frances Fitzgerald, who contributed to that book, she said something which really struck home to me. She said, we live in an unfinished democracy. And what she meant by that is until we have equal female and male representation, it will be an unfinished democracy. And that's 22.5%. We're only halfway there. And, you know, I really hope that this will help bring us that like a bit further, mm. obviously, and, and encourage more women into politics. Part of living in a, a democracy is uh, that we vote on issues. Uh, am I right in thinking uh, that if uh, members of the Oireachtas are to be entitled to maternity leave, that it would require a vote, that we would have to vote on a constitutional amendment? In other words, a referendum would have to be held. So there are possibly two options here that, that need to be looked at. Firstly is the one that you've just outlined. It's very clear in our constitution that elected representatives, in particular in the Dáil and the Shannad, they must be physically present for their vote to count or to matter unless you have a pairing system. This is where a member of an opposition party agrees to essentially cancel out your vote. And that often happens where somebody is unable to attend for a vote, where they're sick, um, and we've seen in the past where women have had babies where they've had essentially a sick note and they've been given a pair for a number of weeks. So this is something that needs to be looked at either where you would have a change in the constitution, I think, that would allow for 
some form of proxy voting or for somebody else to stand in your place. Um, and that's what happens in most other workplaces where you have somebody who takes leave, you have somebody else who stands in and, and acts on their behalf. The second issue, which I suppose, you know, is not something that I was aware of until recently, our constitution only allows for six, 15 cabinet ministers yeah. um, and to allow for somebody else to temporarily, not to, to um, on a permanent basis, increase the number of cabinet ministers, but to temporarily take somebody's place be it for maternity leave or, as we've seen in the past, where people unfortunately have been sick and have had to take extended periods, there is no provision for that. So they are, you know, mm. they are potentially two questions that we need well, to look you would, at. Well, you, you would have to resign in order for uh, another person to come in as a member of the Cabinet. It, it, there can only be that maximum of 15, unless there were fewer ministers, of course. There can only be a maximum of 15. So we have been looking at different options. And and unfortunately, yes, that that was one of them. There's a a number of questions there, isn't there, Minister? And I don't mean to overcomplicate this, but there is this question of being present to vote and that uh, we live in a a different world to when the Constitution was written and uh, you could be present to vote online now. uh, And that's a separate issue to maternity leave. Maternity leave, I take it, uh, is something which would see people take time off work and not vote whether in the House or remotely. Uh, So that would require a a different thing. And then there's a third element to all of this, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but does that constitutional requirement on politicians uh, to be present also apply to councillors, or could they be entitled to maternity leave through simple legislation? So this is, I suppose, another area that we need to explore and that we need to look at. Um, We know that the council have been doing a huge amount of work in in our own county as well through the county development plan where they have been able to do their work online in a way maybe that we haven't been able to in the doll. At the same time, um, what you need to ensure is that that work can continue um, and that there is support put in place for our councillors if they were to take that time off. But again, as you've mentioned, if, you know, it's not just for maternity leave if somebody is unable to attend for whatever reason. So while not everything uh, comes back to our constitution or a possible referendum, there's possible legislative change that's required or needed. And I think it comes back to, and we've had a number of bills, my own colleague Jennifer Carl McNeil recently has put forward a bill looking at or, you know, proposing that we explore this further around the idea of flexible working, remote working. You know, the Thonish had just published a remote working strategy recently, which is about how can we look at the fact that people's lives, you know, are, are not always nine to five. They have families. They need to have that flexibility. And is this something that could apply to politics? Now, I, you know, I do think it is an absolute privilege and it's an honour to be elected as a representative to serve in the Dáil, to be there, to vote. Um, but at the same time, you, you've just pointed out life has changed, you know, and we need to be able to make sure that if for whatever reason somebody can't be there or physically present, that there may be another option for them, whether that is mm. some form of proxy voting or whether it's somebody else stepping into their place uh, and taking over in the same way that I now will have colleagues uh, in the Department of Justice my colleague Heather Humphreys, mm. Hildegard Nocton and James Brown, who will step in and make sure really that the work does not in any way slip, is not in any way um, 
undermined or, you know, that, that the work that I've started, that that would continue. Yeah. Well, like any referendum or any popular vote, uh, I suppose you could never predict the outcome and a referendum could fail, be rejected by the people. Uh, but having said that, I think, like a lot of people, I'd like to see a referendum on this issue. And I'd like to see uh, politicians like anybody else being entitled to, to maternity leave. And I'd like that referendum, if that's what's required, to be held soon. Uh, could it happen sooner rather than later and maybe be tied into a vote on uh, the constitutional role of women in the home? Well, this is something that I think we, we really should look at. We, we have a number of proposed referendums that are, are due to happen and we have a number of citizens' assembly. And I suppose what I would like to see is that we, we, we get things back to normal as, as soon as possible or that obviously with COVID-19 we're in a situation where we can address some of these issues. But, you know, that particular one you've mentioned it probably would be a, an ideal one to have in conjunction with a referendum of this kind. Um, but obviously that's something that would have to be decided by government. We obviously need to see how things progress this year. And, and I'm really hopeful, given the direction that we're going and, and the vaccination rollout, that we will start to see life resume as normal. And hopefully that means that, you know, whether it's referendum, whether it's further citizens' assembly looking at these kind of issues, you know, or just getting back to... to to working in the in, in the environment we had before, um, albeit hopefully a, a little bit changed with greater flexibility, and um, that we will be able to address these issues soon. And, uh, as I say, history will record that Helen McEntee was at uh, the core of uh, this significant change, uh, as it will be, or changes as it may be in time to come. Uh, can I ask you, do you mind, Minister, if I ask you uh, about your intentions personally? Uh, you're to go on maternity leave for six months from April through October. It'll be November uh, before you return uh, to politics full on. Uh, what, what are your intentions in the interim? Between now and then? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, being a mother and <laughs> having a child and all of uh, the joys that go with motherhood. Well, look, I, I suppose my intention is to spend as much time as I can with my new baby. I have a brother and his wife who had a baby recently and my sister. I have many, you know, as we all do, cousins and family and friends. And the first thing that they say is that time goes by really quickly and, and to enjoy that time. And I'm very grateful that I will have an opportunity spend that time at home um you know I, I suppose the work that i do is busy and even with the pandemic i'm still in dublin and, and have to obviously carry out my, my duty and my role as minister for justice and, and to, to work in the constituency as well um but i'm hoping to take that bit of time really just to, to spend with uh, my baby and with paul and and to get to know them and and you know at the same time i hope to keep in touch with my colleagues and and obviously i will still be a member of uh, government, albeit without portfolio. So if there is any sort of uh, an issue that arises or any sort of crisis, although, mm. of course, we, we hope that will never be the case, um, that I will be there and I will, of course, be available to, to, to help and to, to work with colleagues. Do you think you'll be able to get out of bed in the morning without checking your emails? It would be a change, absolutely. <laughs> it really um, will be, won't it? I yeah. think like most people, I find that I get up in the morning and I'm on my phone and I'm checking emails and mm. you go to bed and you're doing the same. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to switch off. We, well, we I, have a I, new you, element of the, the, the remote working strategy. With the greatest, with the greatest of respect to you, Minister, I, I think I can tell you now, 
that you won't have much say in the matter. You'll be told what to do. Uh, in fact, I'm guessing that there's already a third member of your household who's dictating how things happen uh, and that uh, there's a, a bag packed. If not yet, uh, there will be one packed soon. Uh, and uh, you're in no doubt uh, who's in charge uh, and uh, that when it's time to go, you'll have to go and then you'll be spending about 18 years being told what to do. I have a feeling that you're right, Michael. And if I could say the one bit of advice that every single parent has given me is to start getting some sleep now because you won't get it for the next 18 years. So I intend to try and do that. And obviously, uh, whenever the time arrives and, you know, I won't dictate things, as you say, baby will dictate uh, how and when this happens. But I feel very blessed to be in this situation. I really do. Um, I'm really looking forward to it now. And, and you know, I suppose coming up to this time, my, my focus really is to try and make sure that my work, you know, that I continue the work that I'm doing. We, we've just launched a, an action plan for, for justice for this year. It's, it's quite an ambitious plan and I want to make sure I have as much of that done as possible and that I can hand things over um, in the best possible position for my colleagues. And then obviously when I return in, in November that I can take that back on and, and continue the work that I'm doing. But I feel very blessed to be in the situation that I'm in and really I'm looking forward to the, the next few months ahead and if I could maybe just thank everyone because I've had a huge amount of um, congratulations and, and well wishes across the, the constituency and beyond um, and it is you know it has been very great uh, I've been it, it's been great and I'm very grateful for that as well mm. Do you know what you're expecting boy or girl? I don't okay. um, I'm keeping that as a surprise Okay well look Best wishes, uh, the very uh, best of luck and hope it goes well uh, and best wishes uh, to you and uh, to Paul and indeed uh, to um, this new member of uh, the family who will be telling you what to do and what not to do (laughs) in the years ahead. And thank you for talking to us this morning, Minister. Helen McEntee is uh, the Minister for Justice and Fine Gael TD for me these. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.